As we turn to the scriptures this morning, our mind is on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have a great cause for rejoicing and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Christ has implications for each and every one of us. Because Jesus lives, we shall live also. There was a great deal of talk this week about the deaths associated with the coronavirus, and that death toll just continues to increase. Unfortunately, death is on the minds of a lot of people these days. But of course, the coronavirus is not the only cause of death among us. There are many different reasons as to why people die. And my heart goes out to the many in our congregation who have lost a loved one this past year. But this morning we want to focus on the comfort that is ours as Christians because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus lives, therefore we shall live also. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, there is a message of great comfort. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 4.18 says, encourage or comfort one another with these words. So this morning we want to be focusing on the comfort that is the Christians as we think about the resurrection from the dead. First of all, the source of our comfort is the scriptures. God and God alone speaks with authority concerning what happens after a person dies. In verse 15 of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, it states, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. And then again, in verse 18, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Paul has written to the Thessalonian church the word of God. It is the scriptures that we are to turn to for comfort ourselves and also for the medium to comfort others. There is no other authoritative source concerning what happens after a person dies. Forget those accounts of individuals who have said that they have died and gone to heaven and return to tell you what it's all about. Ignore those who say that they have dreams and visions and they have been transported into the heavenly places. Disregard the tales of those who say that they have had near-death experiences and have encountered the spiritual realm. If you want to know about death, and if you want to know what happens after a person dies, the only authoritative source is the Word of God. But we are blessed, for the Word of God does speak clearly concerning the issues as to what happens after a person dies. As Christians, it's important that we understand what the Scriptures teach, especially as it relates to the issues of life and death. If you notice in verse 13 of chapter 4, it states, But we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, about those who are asleep, the passage is addressed to believers. It says, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers. Brothers are people of like precious faith. They are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason that it is addressed to believers is because believers in the Lord Jesus Christ have a hope that other people do not have. If you notice at the end of verse 13, it says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve 
now these words as others who do have no hope. It is not as though sorrow does not afflict the believer at the death of a loved one, but rather that we have a solace that other people do not possess. We have a hope that they do not have. We have a reason to be encouraged when others have no reason to be encouraged. The passage is intended to provide instruction for the believers. It says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers. As believers, we don't just automatically know what the scriptures have to say. It is not just by osmosis or some miracle transformation that when we place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then all of a sudden all the wisdom and knowledge of the scriptures are poured into our heads. No, we have to be instructed. We have to study. We have to give ourselves to the scriptures. So Paul writes this letter to a persecuted church to help them understand what happens after a person dies. The clear implication is that if one does not understand the scriptures, they needlessly forfeit the comfort they would otherwise have. You see, it's important that we understand the scriptures so that the truths of scripture can feed us, nourish us, help us, encourage us in times of difficulties. That we are not left to speculation, but we can have surety in our hearts and minds as to what the Word of God has to say. So the benefit of knowing the Scriptures is so that we do not grieve needlessly, as in the end of verse 13, those who have no hope. All is not hopeless for the Christian whose believing loved one has died. We should not think that we will never see them again. There is reason for encouragement. Not that we don't grieve, but our grief is tempered. Our, our grief is measured. Our grief is ministered to by the grace of God as we think and reflect upon the truths of his word. So the source of comfort is the scriptures. The ground of our comfort is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our hope is not wishful thinking, but rather a confident expectation for the future that is based upon Christ's own resurrection from the dead. The basis of our comfort is the reality of Jesus' own physical or bodily resurrection from the dead. Verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Jesus died and rose again. Easter, of course, is the celebration of Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is an historical event. The essence is that Jesus, who was physically dead, having died on the cross, buried, placed in a tomb, physically came alive again three days later. Jesus came to life. He got up, walked out of that tomb, and still lives today. The basis of our comfort is the faith of our loved one's belief in the Lord Jesus Christ before they died. 
You look at verse 14, it says, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him, now these words, those who have fallen asleep in him. Fallen asleep is a euphemism for having died. It's referring to, to people who have physically died. Fallen asleep in him, that prepositional phrase, in him, refers to having placed their faith in Jesus Christ before they died. So we're talking about people who, before they physically died, placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. For those who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ before they have died, they are going to be raised again from the dead when Jesus returns. So there is a great comfort for us if our loved ones have placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I say to you, it is absolutely essential that we have a conversation with our loved ones, with our friends, that we have assurance before they die that they have made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a comfort that is. What a solace. What a joy. If we have certainty in our hearts and minds that our loved ones have placed faith and trust in Jesus Christ before they died. And so I would encourage each of us this morning to have those conversations with our loved ones and be sure that they have heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I trust that they have placed their faith and trust in him. The nature of our comfort is that our Lord loved ones will physically live again. Let me say that again. The nature of our comfort is that our loved ones will physically live again. It is important to understand that our loved ones who have died physically are dead physically, but are spiritually alive. The fact that they are spiritually alive is found in the words of our text in verse 14 when it says, God will bring with him. Notice verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Again, fallen asleep, a euphemism for having physically died. Those who have physically died, God will bring with him. What does that mean? Well, it means that they're already with the Lord. But in what sense are they with the Lord? Remember, they are physically dead. Their bodies are in the ground. But their spirit or soul, that is our emotion, our will, our intellect, our, our essence of our being, the essence of our life, that which makes us conscience, that which gives reason to our mind. Our spirit, when we die, goes to be with the Lord. Our body is like a shell. It contains the spirit 
or the soul. So the body goes into the grave, but the spirit or soul goes to be with God. And so we have that great scripture verse that says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We will be in a conscious, blissful state, enjoying the presence of God. But that is not the end of the story. That's not all that we are celebrating this morning. That's not the ultimate joy that we are experiencing. For we find that those who are spiritually alive are also going to be made physically alive once again. Notice again verse 16. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. Now these words, and the dead in Christ will rise first. He's talking about those that are physically dead. It says that they are going to rise. The word rise literally means to stand up. It is the same word that's used in verse 14, referring to Jesus, who had died, but now is risen. So in the very same sense in which Jesus rose from the dead, so too believers who have died are going to rise from the dead. They are going to come out of their graves. They are going to be restored to life, physical life. Those whose bodies are in the grave will become as live as those who are still alive when Jesus returns. Notice verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. All right, so they comes alive again. Verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds, so that those people who have not yet died when Jesus Christ returns, that are still alive when Jesus Christ returns, they are now going to be caught up in the air with those that have been raised from the dead. And they are going to enjoy life Together, those who are still physically alive when the Lord comes back will be taken to be with the Lord after the dead have been raised and brought back to life, verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That phrase in verse 17, to meet the Lord in the air, is referring to Jesus' returning to the earth to reign. When he does, the believers go out to meet him as the townspeople did when the armies of the allied forces were liberating the cities in Europe. 
the picture is of a, of a conquering army. When Jesus Christ is returning to this earth, he comes back to reign. He comes back to have authority over the entire earth. And as Jesus Christ is descending in the clouds, says that the dead in Christ, they're going to be brought back to life and they're caught up to be with him in the clouds. Then those who are still alive are caught up to be with them in the clouds as well. And Jesus will continue to return to this earth with his entourage with him, with all the people celebrating with him. As I say, it's the image of World War II when the conquering armies, when the allied forces were liberating cities in Europe. You've probably seen newsreel footage. And people would run out of the town in order to greet and welcome and clap and cheer the army as it would be entering into the city. That's the picture here, this celebration of the Lord's return and all of God's people entering into that celebration. The reality of our comfort, what is it that is to comfort those who have a loved one that has died? The comfort is that our loved ones will live again. Our loved ones will live again. In the fullest sense of that word. We're not just talking about spiritually being alive, although that's very precious and that's very important. And our loved ones who have died, who know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, are spiritually alive now and are in the presence of God and enjoying a place of great bliss. But one day, Jesus is going to return. And when Jesus returns, our loved ones are going to become physically alive. There's going to be a reuniting of body and soul. And they are going to be just as alive as when we have known them in this life. We're going to have a relationship to them that is just as precious, in fact, more precious than the relationship we had with them while they were, quote, still alive. We're talking about a fellowship, a personal, real, vital fellowship that is going to exist for all eternity. For not only will our loved ones live again, but we will live with them. Notice verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them. With them. We are going to be reunited. Not only will we live together, but we'll live together in the presence of God. Notice the end of verse 17. We will always be with the Lord. And the emphasis of the word we. Us and our dead relatives that have been brought back to life, our dead loved ones who knew Christ as their Savior, will be with the Lord. 
and we will live together with the Lord, never to die again. Or the end of verse 17 says, and so we will always, always be with the Lord. We could go to so many passages. We could go to the book of Revelation where it says there is no more tears, no more death, no more sorrow. Death is vanquished. Death is gone when Jesus Christ returns. There will never be another separation from our loved ones after Jesus Christ returns. There will never be any more sorrow. There will never be any more pain. There will never be any more anguish. There will be real, vital, substantive life forever and ever. This morning, we are celebrating Jesus coming back from the dead. Jesus died on the cross. He died physically. Spiritually, his presence continued on. He said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. His spirit lived on. His body was dead. Three days later, Jesus came forth bodily from the grave. He rose. He lived. He walked. He talked. He ate with his disciples. He had fellowship with his disciples. They touched him. He had a meaningful relationship to his disciples. And then he ascended into heaven. One day he's coming back physically to this earth. And when Jesus Christ returns, he brings with him the spirit, the souls of all those who have died in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And before his foot touches this ground, their bodies are going to come forth from the grave and they are going to be reunited body and soul. All those who are already alive and still alive are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to welcome Jesus into his conquering kingship. And we will live together with the Lord forever and ever. So some closing thoughts. First, if we are to be looking forward to the blessing of living with our loved ones forever and ever, let us not lose sight of the blessing of living with our loved ones now. Due to the coronavirus, people are spending much more time together than usual. Families are spending much more time together than usual. Maybe you're eating more meals together, playing more games together. Maybe you're getting on each other's nerves a little. But I would really encourage you to regard this time as precious, sweet, to draw closer to each other, to enjoy your time together. 
And to be able just to, to breathe a little more slowly from the hectic pace of life and sit back and say, you know, it's, it's really kind of nice that we're able to eat together. It's really kind of nice that we're able to have this time to interact. May your time with your loved ones be sweet. And for those of you who are missing your loved ones at this time, you have a husband, a father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, neighbor, people that were precious to you, whose presence you greatly miss. I have a word of encouragement for you. If they know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they'll live again. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll live together forever and ever, enjoying each other's fellowship in the Lord. So rejoice and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus lives, we shall live also. I hope each and every one who hears this has placed their personal faith in Jesus Christ, believing that he died on the cross in order to save us from our sins, that he was placed in a tomb, and that he rose again, conquering sin and death. Trust in Jesus as your Savior to raise you from the dead and give you life and peace. Let's pray. Almighty God, I pray for your grace. I pray for your comfort. I pray for any that may not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. May they place their faith and trust in him today. For those who do know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that the comfort of the resurrection would be particularly sweet as we think of those who have died and gone on before us. Lord, we look forward to that day in which we will be alive fully, physically, real, vital, life together with our Lord forever and ever. We thank you for that great promise and truth. In Jesus' name, amen.